0: Welcome to Good Enough Parenting, the place where not-so-perfect parents tune in to be reminded that our kids are going to be okay, even if we don't always know what we're doing, are making a million mistakes, and trying new things. I'm Carly Roldi, a family play therapist, childhood mental health expert, and good enough mom of two. I may be the expert in childhood mental health, but you are the expert on your kid. And by combining my practical, peaceful parenting tools with everything you already know about your child you and your family will experience more calm, more connection, and more cooperation in your daily life. So let's throw out the idea of the perfect parent and remember that our kids just need us to be good enough. Because if you don't feel like yelling at your kids sometimes, you're not spending enough time with them. Let's jump in. Hi, good enough parents. I wanted to come on today to share my favorite saying in child development, which is, When your child is drowning, don't teach them to swim. Now, this comes right out of Gary Landreth, who is the father of play therapy in my world. But the idea around it is that when our kid's having a really hard time, when they're in the middle of a meltdown, when they're, you know, dysregulated and just tantruming, whatever it might look like, that is not the moment to impart a lesson or to teach a rule we can only teach our kids things when they're in a receptive brain space. And if they're acting out in all these unsavory ways, showing us that they're really overwhelmed and dysregulated, they're not available for learning in the moment. So what does this look like in practice? For a little kid, for a young kid, it might look something like, you're at the store. Actually, this just happened to me. I was in Walgreens this morning and this happened so I'm like, ooh, this is well, put this in the podcast. Um there was I I would assume like a 3-year-old who was having a little bit of a meltdown because they really wanted this special little toy that was at Walgreens and mom was saying no and then it was just full on meltdown mode. And mom was really trying to use logic. She was really trying to use reason with this kid and also put some consequences in place like You don't need that. Stop your whining. Cut it out. If you don't stop crying right now, we're not going to go to the park after this. You need to show me that you can behave to be able to get to the park. And I really desperately wanted to stop her. I didn't because, you know, not the place. But the idea that this child can't even hear you right now, they're not even listening. They're in such a dysregulated brain space, it actually almost looks like drowning. And that's where this phrase comes in. When your child is drowning, don't teach them to swim. When they're so overwhelmed, we can't help them in the moment through logic. So if you're at a backyard barbecue and your kid's in the pool and they start going under, you're not going to be saying to them, hey, kick your feet, show me your big scooping arms, lift your head up. No, you're going to scoop them up You're going to provide some comfort. You're going to get them out of the danger. That same thing is happening when our very little ones are having these big meltdowns. They need connection and they need comfort. They don't need rules and consequences in those big moments. And as parents, we often think, we're often trained to think that if we don't respond in that moment to what's going on, then we lose the opportunity to teach the lesson. But actually, the exact opposite is true, that if we wait for our kids to be in a different receptive space, then they will actually get more out of the lesson. So again, I don't know what happened with this mom and going to the playground or not, but it made me think about this child was drowning and she was trying to be like, kick, 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 come on, get your head up by using things like threats and consequences and logic. So this also actually came up with a family I was working with recently, a four-year-old. And the mom had to, both parents were out of the house for work all day. Mom had left really early for work events, came home right after like dinner time, supper time, and her mom had been watching her daughter the whole day. And she walks into the house, and the daughter is in full on four year old meltdown and just saying, Grandma's stupid. Grandma's so stupid. I hate grandma. Grandma's the worst. I never want to see grandma's face again. And so, mom, What's the first thing she does? If you've been listening to Good Enough Parenting and if you've ever worked with me, she pauses, right? She stops for herself. She finds her footing. She signals safety to her body first. So then she can come in with connection. And instead of going right into the, hey, we don't use that kind of language. We don't call people stupid in this house, right? When we're putting our rules down or putting our logic down, she goes for connection, right? She says, whoa, looks like I'm walking into a really tough night. What's going on? And her four-year-old's like, grandma won't give me dessert, even though I told her, I don't need to finish my plate to get dessert. I get dessert even if I only eat a couple bites because that's what you say. And then it's like, whoa, okay, that must've been really confusing because usually you do get dessert and it felt different when grandma was here. Oh, I get why you're so mad. I get it. Ooh, Okay right? Pausing for that moment because the kid is drowning. And so rather than giving them the lessons, we are trying to scoop them out of that moment. We're trying to connect. We're trying to calm. We're trying to comfort them so they can get scooped out of that moment. And it might take a few minutes. It might take, you know, 10, 15 minutes for them to fully calm down, but we wait it out. We connect with them. We wait it out so that they can get to the other side of the feeling to get more regulated, to then be more logical. And sometimes it can be right then. It can be after they're calm, after they're relaxed a little bit, we can say, Ooh, I know it was a really tough night at dinner. And I also know you said some things to grandma that maybe you didn't mean. Maybe we can do it then. Maybe we can do it 10 minutes later. But maybe we can't do it until later that night going to bed. Or maybe we don't do it till the next morning. We don't need to teach the lesson right in that moment. Because I promise you, if you give it a little space and you kind of let the feeling subside, kids, especially kids like four and up, are going to be able to come to that sense of, Hey, I made a mistake. Hey, I ruptured. Hey, I did something that I shouldn't have done and I want to make up for it. I promise you they often come to it on their own if we give them the space to do so and don't try and like like put power over them to get them to do something we want them to do. So it might look like the next morning they might wake up and we might say, whew, that was a tough night with grandma yesterday, huh? What do you think we could do to make her feel a little better? Because I'm wondering if her feelings are a little hurt. And then the four-year-old might be able to say, hey, I can make her a card or let me give her a call or, you know, maybe we could bring something over to her house today, right? We let them kind of lead it, which is going to have so much more power, so much more impact than if the moment we say, hey, you don't speak that way to grandma, you apologize to her right now. That's just going to be fuel on their fire. That's going to get it feeling bigger and bigger and bigger. So we give it some space, we come, we connect and we comfort in those drowning moments, So how might this look for an older child? So same thing happened in my practice this past week, working with a third grader and their parents. And the third grader was having a really, really hard time getting homework done after school and just went into pure meltdown mode. I hate school. Math is so stupid. We shouldn't have to do this anyway. We're all going to have calculators anyway in the future, like just full on meltdown mode. And first, dad tried to come in with some logic of, you know, math's a really important skill and we're going to have to learn this, so let's power through it. And then, you know, tag team over to mom, who's getting dysregulated herself, like, we can't have fights like this over homework every night. This is ridiculous, blah, blah, blah. So, you know, everyone's kind of joining into the fray. Where again, We pause. We stop for a moment, we signal safety to our body, and then we can lift our kid out of this drowning situation. And it might look like, ooh, homework's feeling a little bit too much right now. We're gonna close our books and we're gonna get a snack. Or we're gonna like push pause on homework, we're gonna go for a quick walk around the block, or why don't you play a few minutes of this or watch a TV show for a little bit, and we'll come back to it. We're not gonna try and power through that moment, where the kids already feeling so overwhelmed and are overwhelmed going on top of them is just going to push them down into that pool even further. So this idea of giving space might feel uncomfortable. It might feel a little bit like, yeah, but if I don't, tell them what they're doing wrong, they're never going to learn. But the reality is, and I just promise you, because I've seen it time and time again, I see it in my own family with my own kids, that if we give space around the meltdowns and we'll, we'll do this in my house, like my kid will come in from playing outside and just feeling like so-and-so said this and blabber blabber said this, and now we're in a fight or whatever happens. And you know, my husband will try and come in sometimes and problem solving right away. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa they're drowning they're drowning. We got to give them a life jacket. We got to throw a snack in their face. We got to give them a moment of like sitting on our lap. We have to give them a moment of connection before we go into teaching the lessons, before we go into sharing the rules again. And now when my kids have meltdowns, because they still have meltdowns because they're humans and I have meltdowns too, I will say nine times out of 10, usually hours later, usually not minutes later, but usually hours later, there's a real, hey, sorry, I really freaked out this afternoon. Sorry, I gave you such a hard time. They can repair it so much differently and it feels so much better because they're not being forced to do it. And also we can model this for our kids. I had a major meltdown this past weekend. We just had a really busy week. I was exhausted, too much going on in our house, and my son had a project of asking people in his family what makes them happy. And of course, I'm in a bad mood and I'm stomping around the house and I'm like, you know what would make me happy? I'd be happy if I had a few minutes to myself and I wasn't always doing things for other people in this house and rah, and just kind of losing it as happens often in our house. And rather than my husband coming at me with, Hey, that's not the best way to talk to him. Or, Hey, what's wrong with you? Why are you yelling at our kid? He just asked you a simple question. He threw me a life vest, right? He was like, Hey, I'm going to take the kids out to the grocery store for a little bit. Why don't you chill on the couch for a few minutes? Right? He threw me that, that life preserver. So I didn't have to go into full on drowning mode. So we can model this in our partnerships, we can repair when we're ready to repair, but when we try to force someone into learning something when they're not quite ready to do it, everybody loses. So I hope this idea of when your child is drowning, don't teach them to swim, resonates with you guys, that it makes you think about, wow, I don't actually need to always work in the moment. I can give a little space to things and give a little common connection time before I actually try to teach my kid what I want them to be doing or imparting any sort of lessons or rules for them. Feel free to reach out to me. Again, it's Carly Counsels on Facebook and Instagram if this was helpful or any stories or moments where maybe you did try to teach them to swim when they were drowning and you went back and regretted it because I have hundreds of those too. So until next time, we'll chat. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for listening to Good Enough Parenting. If you'd like to learn four simple play therapy techniques you can use at home today to create more calm in your family life, go to paceparent.com forward slash play to get a free video where I'll teach them to you. And you can always hear more from me at Carly Councils on Facebook and Instagram. And if you like what you heard today, please rate, review, subscribe, and share this episode with a friend, a sister, a spouse, any parent who could use a reminder that our kids don't need us to be perfect, just good enough. Until next time.